Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. I want to talk to you about one of the things that the Holy Spirit brings beyond power, which is wisdom. Wisdom is as much a gift of the Holy Spirit as power is. It's as much a gift as speaking in tongues. It's as much a gift as freedom. Wisdom can be yours. How many people say, I want wisdom from the Holy Spirit? I want it in my actions. I want it in my thoughts. I want it in my words. Because please hear me, you need wisdom. And you do not have it naturally. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're dumb. No, don't say that. Don't say that. You do not naturally have wisdom. Your flesh has no wisdom. Your instinct has no wisdom. Your emotions has no wisdom. This is not just going to come from within. It's got to come from the Holy Spirit. And hear me, the wisdom that's found in this earth is a, is a poor imitation of the wisdom that's from above. Earthly wisdom, societal wisdom, cultural wisdom has led many people astray has ended their lives prematurely, have parted them from their, uh, their money. The Bible says a fool and his money are soon parted. It, 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 the, the people that are listening to this, to this earthly wisdom, their relationships are all screwed up. Their hearts are hurt. Their lives are bitter, and they've got involved in some things they should have never messed with. So you cannot just receive wisdom from any random source. You need the wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Now, this is a little bit deeper in your walk. After you're set free, after you've received salvation, I want you to know you don't just stay there forever. You begin to move deeper, and wisdom is part of that journey closer to God. I want to show you, this is what the Apostle James was saying in James chapter 3. He says this, but the wisdom from above, not from below, not from around. Now, there's wisdom, but it's heavenly wisdom. And these, this is how you can tell that it's heavenly wisdom. The wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable. It's gentle. It's open to reason. It's full of mercy and good fruits. It is impartial, and it is sincere. I want you to please hear me. This kind of wisdom, this will change your life. This wisdom will change your life. And it will change your life right now, even if nothing else changes. If your job doesn't change, if your boss doesn't change, if your spouse doesn't change, if the nation doesn't change, if the leadership doesn't change, if, if, if the economy doesn't, if, if nothing else changes, but you get wisdom, your whole life will change. Come on, that was a moment for you to say amen right there. Your whole life will change. Wisdom changes everything. It changes you to become peaceable and gentle and open to reason. Today, I'm going to focus on the first few, and next week, I'm going to move into these other elements of wisdom. But I've got one more verse I want to read to you from Proverbs. Proverbs 24, 13, it says this, Eat honey, my son, for it is good. Honey from the comb is sweet to your taste. Know also that wisdom is like honey for you, for your soul. If you find it, there's a future, a hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off, will not end prematurely. Your life, your hope will not end in darkness. 
fine wisdom. It is sweet to the taste. It begins to affect your entire life. Come on, let's pray right now that the Holy Spirit gives wisdom even as I speak. God, we invite you into this moment. Holy Spirit, we desire you. God, we thank you that you're working in so many different ways this Sunday. But right now, to your saints, God, will you do a a deep work in this area of wisdom? Will you drill down even a little bit deeper that whether uh, someone's been saved for one day, one year, one decade, that they walk away from this service changed because they've heard your voice? In Jesus' name, come on, all God's people said, Amen. amen, 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 amen. Wisdom, the writer of Proverbs says, is sweet like honey. Have you ever ordered a meal at a restaurant and it looks good on the picture, on on the menu? Um, I don't know where you're eating if they sell pictures on the menu. Denny's, maybe. Uh, You know, I I, I don't know how you order, but I order visually. My wife, my wife, she she orders on, you know, she orders off of the reviews, off of the pictures other people have taken of their food. That's where she goes. Not to the menu, not to the waitress, but to the, the pictures, you know? Uh, I like to I like to do the walk-in look, you know, you know the walk-in look. You go to your table, but you're looking at everyone else. Just do the walk-in look, or I just try and use the force, you know. And I pull open the menu and I look at the decor, think of the time of day, season, what's seasonal, and I choose chicken parm usually. I choose, I'm a, use the force. I don't know if you've ever gotten a meal where, where it, it, it came out looking good. It looked good on the photos, looked good, you know, or other people had it. It came out looking good. But then when you dug in, it was bland. And he said, this looks good, but it's missing something. I don't know what it's missing. It's missing an ingredient. It's, 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 it's missing a flavor. It's missing a taste. It's missing something that brings it together. It's missing something that elevates the experience. I, I think a lot of us have found ourselves in life expecting something good and, and yet finding, wait, seems like some of my decisions are bland. Wow. Seems like my, my life is, is bland. Seems like I'm missing something. It, almost like, I, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do it. I'm ordering, I'm, I'm, I'm acting, I'm, I'm engaging, but when I'm digging into life, I'm missing something. There's a missing ingredient. And I think so many people are searching for that missing ingredient. You know, and I would propose to you today that one of the missing ingredients, and maybe one of the primary missing ingredients in your life, in my life, in, in the life of people, is the ingredient of wisdom in their lives. Wisdom is the thing that brings flavor. Like the writer of Proverbs says, like, get, get, get wisdom, like, because it's like honey. It will sweeten your experience. When you have wisdom, you'll be able to enjoy life and enjoy even the little things in life. The wise person is able to enjoy a sunset. The wise person is able to enjoy a Saturday morning when their neighbor isn't cutting the lawn. You don't need something radical to go on. You don't need an all-expenses vacation paid to, to a theme park. You just need a nice cup of coffee. A wise person is able to enjoy their life. They've got wisdom. It's not bland. It's not frustrating. It's not bitter. It's not annoying. It's not, it's not, it's not, there's not a lot of tension in it, but wisdom comes in and it sweetens your experience. It sweetens your mind. It will sweeten your words. It will sweeten your thoughts. Wisdom will sweeten your life. It will add flavor into it. I truly believe that God did not create all of this 
for us to live a bland and bitter and strange and frustrating experience. God created life to be sweet. And I think wisdom is one of the missing ingredients that sweetens our thoughts, our speech, our action, our life. And it's a little bit difficult to speak about wisdom, to preach about wisdom. It's like speaking about love. It's such a gigantic concept. You know, if I'm going to speak about wisdom, I really got to speak about everything, everywhere. I got to speak about everything if I speak about wisdom, because the reality is wisdom should be infused into everything. Wisdom's got to get in your words, it's got to get in your finances, it's got to get in your relationships, it's got to get into your thoughts and your actions, it's got to get into your home and into your job. Wisdom's got to get into everything. It's an ingredient that's got to get into the entire plate. And, and so if I'm going to speak about wisdom, really I almost, have to, I almost have to preach word by word through Proverbs. And it would take us five years because it hits every subject. So, so what the Bible is saying is like, instead of telling you everything to do in every circumstance, you've got to seek God for wisdom that will come right into your context, come right into your life, your situation, your mind, and this is what will make your life full and fulfilling. Let me put it this way. A dab of wisdom, I believe, would change your whole experience in life. Just a dab of wisdom will change everything. And I, I, I think it's so brilliant that the writer equates it to honey because he's saying just a little bit of this will, will infuse into all that you are and will produce a different you. And, and so this is what James knows when he's speaking about wisdom. And he's saying, you got to get this. And it can't just be anybody's wisdom. First and foremost, what does James say? The first ingredient, how do you know this is good wisdom? Number one, it's, it's got to be from above. This wisdom's got to come from it. The first ingredient of wisdom is that it is from above. It has a heavenly origin. You know the best coffee? Single origin coffee. You know where it came from? It was all grown together, shipped together, single origin. The best wisdom is single origin wisdom. It's not a mix of your past experience, what your friend said, a tweet that you read. It's not a mix of, of a little bit of bitterness and a little bit of schooling and, and then a sermon that you think you heard sort of once. It, that, that's not wisdom. You know, that, that's noise, info. But, but wisdom that you want, wisdom that will brighten your life, James says, you got to get it from God. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means I got to get in his presence. I got to get around God. You're in the right place if you need to make some critical decisions in your life. Why? Because you're in the presence amongst the people of God. And this wisdom, just a little bit, will begin to flow from heaven into your spirit. The wisdom has got to be from heaven. It's got to be from above. And if the wisdom's from heaven, well, how does it get to you? you got to receive it with your spirit. So are you with me? Are you with me? Not your emotions. Not your reactions, not your natural. You gotta get it with your spirit. You gotta catch it like an open bucket with your spirit. Because if it's spirit sent, it can only be spirit received. Because I think sometimes you say, God, put wisdom on my actions. God, God, make my situation better. God, will you help me? Will you take this out of my life? Will you? But, but please hear me if you get wisdom, it will begin to bubble up out of your spirit 
It will come through your words. It'll get on your mind, and it will begin to drip over everything else around you. We're asking God to intervene and interfere and change the mistakes we made instead of asking for wisdom to stop making those mistakes, to stop walking in that foolish direction, to get out of those ungodly uh, uh, relationships. So, so, so James is saying, no, you need wisdom of a heavenly origin dropped into your spirit. Well, how do I get that? How do I get aligned so that I can receive? Simply, you must pause. You must pause throughout your day. You must pause in areas of your life. If you're going to make a big decision, don't make it quickly. Don't make it in reaction. Don't make it on a time crunch. Why? Because this is a spiritual discipline to pause and allow God to dispatch wisdom from heaven. And it takes some time. Because honey drips slow. Drips slow. God's on his own timetable. And he's not going to be rushed. You're saying, but God, we got to get going. I got to get moving. I got stuff to go. I got places to go. I got things to do. And God says, if you want to do it right, you wait until my word. Honey drips slow. So give, give God a moment. Throughout your day, give God a moment. Someone says something to you, you're ready to react. There's nothing quicker than anger. You know, there's nothing quicker. You get sharp with anger. You know, it's amazing how smart you get when you get angry, you know? You become like a lawyer. You become like a, like a lawyer. Sharp. And you know, you know exactly the buttons to put. You've been holding this one. In the, like David and Glenn, you've been holding this stone for a while. And you're like, oh, oh, oh. I'm going to let this thing go. I've been holding on to this bitter rock for 12 months. You know? You'll never speak better than when you speak in a spirit of anger. You speak proficiently. You'll speak sharp. But, but it's out of reaction, and it's never wise. It's the best thing you'll ever say that you'll regret. It'll never be wise. Because wisdom pauses, gives a moment, assesses the situation. Hold on. Hold on. Let me consider. Let me think spiritually. Let me not react. Emote. Let, let, let me not just do whatever my flesh says. Let me think spiritually. And when you begin to consider, you open the avenue from heaven to help you turn a negative situation into a positive, to turn some things around, to stop you from doing something cyclically dumb. When you pause, you give God a moment. That, that's my point. Give God a moment, give God a minute, and in some cases, give God a month. But, but don't just do what you feel. Allow wisdom to inform. Pause. Think spiritually and consider. Consider things like this. If something's going on, consider say, saying, um, God, uh, what's going on underneath the surface here? You know, why did I say that? Why did my wife say that? Why, why, did, why, why did my boss say that? Because, you know, there's always something going on up here, but there's something going on in the emotional level. Sometimes there's things going on in the supernatural level that you can't even figure out with your mind. You're not smart enough with your mind to figure out what's happening supernaturally. 
But here's the good news. You have an advocate. You've got a partner. You've got someone with you that knows exactly what's happening in the supernatural plane. And he will help you and inform you. He'll, he'll, he'll give you the right things to say, but you've got to access that and you've got to listen. Say, God, what's going on on a supernatural level here? What am I missing? What, what's, what's out of alignment here? What's, what's wrong here? I, I, I could give you so many different examples of, of, of things that, that people would never think are connected. They're never then connected, but, but when they ask the Holy Spirit, they realize sometimes that, that your, your healing is actually connected under the surface to your bitterness. That if you forgave here, you'd be healed here. Well, you say these, two, these things aren't connected. That's illogical. It might be illogical, but it's supernatural. And the Holy Spirit will help you forgive and help lead you to this thing if you'll pause and ask for wisdom. If, you, if you're in a position of leading, which all of you are, first yourself, family, and so on, one of the best things you can do is lead through wisdom and, and, and ask God during that moment of pausing and considering, say, God, God, what are you trying to do in this situation? I can't tell you how many things that I've seen happen in my life or even leading the church where I thought it was negative, but it was actually God. I just didn't know enough. God will close doors on you. God will disrupt your plans. God will allow a breakup to happen. You say, God, how could, how could it happen? And then four months later saying, I, I see how, I see how God, I, I see how, I, I see the hand of God. You know, four months later, you're like, God, God rescued me. But, you know, rewind the tape. <laughs> Why? <laughs> we don't know enough. We don't know enough. We think we're right. No amens on that. <laughs> and so if something happens that we think is wrong, it's wrong. But maybe it's God. Maybe it's God. You didn't get into the college that you wanted to get into. You didn't get the promotion that you thought was perfectly right for you. These circumstances didn't line up. The timelines didn't work out. The partnership fizzled. The business idea never got off the ground. You think all negative. But maybe God's saying, I'm closing these doors. Ask me and I'll tell you. Trust me and I'll lead you to something better. If God's always working for my good, I just got to figure out how. You'll receive that by wisdom. Hear me, spiritual reflection is the key that unlocks the door to wisdom. Spiritual reflection, moments in the word, moments in prayer, moments at the altar, talking to godly leaders, people in your crew. You give God these spiritual moments to reflect on what's happening and what his hand is doing within it. It will unlock the door to wisdom. The problem is we have an information overflow and a wisdom shortage. We've got information overflow. We don't have time for wisdom. We've got too many things to try, too many things to learn, too much to do. Our schedules are jam-packed. We've got to move, move, move. We've got to get going. God, hurry it up. We've got information overflow and wisdom shortage. We know so much that we won't or sometimes we feel like we don't have to position ourselves to receive from above because there's so much going on below. We've got podcasts and books, audibles and articles. We've got content and courses and leaders and teachers. We've got talking heads and opinions. We've got Twitter. We've got social. We've got news, 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 news. 
24-7, up to the minute, 60 frames per second, 80-inch screen, 4K resolution, so that when they lie, it looks good. And if you're not careful, you'll get caught up in all the noise. But here's the truth. You can't Google wisdom. Because wisdom is more than knowledge. It's more than experience. It's more than data. It's more than information. Wisdom comes from the throne room of the Almighty. And the only way to access that is from His Spirit to your spirit. From above. And I think sometimes our instant access to information, ironically, actually slows our ability to gain wisdom. We're so fast-paced, we're too fast-paced in order to gain wisdom. I mean, even when we think about wisdom, there's like an ancient quality to it. We say, oh, that's ancient wisdom. That's, that's, that's wisdom from our ancestors. It's interesting. They had so much less, and yet they seem to have more wisdom than we do. They seem to know some things that matter just a bit more. So maybe wisdom doesn't come from our material world. Maybe it doesn't come from all our books and universities. Maybe wisdom comes from a supernatural place that must be sought. Seek, and you will find. You can search on Google, but you have to seek God. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. What's this? This is a, this is a process of coming close to God. And, and, and sometimes we don't want to do this simply because there's no instant affirmation to seeking wisdom from God. And we, we're so used to instant affirmation. It's almost like, like smoking like a good brisket. <laughs> Theoretically, I've never, never engaged. But I know it takes a long time. If you want that quality, it's going to take a long time. It's a process. A hot pocket? Quick. Hot pocket? 30 seconds. Burn the roof of your mouth. Can't, can't taste for, for a year and a half. That's quick. Seeking wisdom from God, it takes a little bit of time. And through it, God says, but now I'm also going to teach you how to trust. I'm going to teach you how to trust. The other way is all data, no trust. This way is relational. I'm going to teach you how to trust. Remember when Jesus came to his followers, what did he say? He said, follow me. You want to ask where? Just follow me. Well, how far? For how long? What are we going to do? What are we going to learn? What are we going to get out of it? Leave all you have and follow me. What is that? It's an invitation to relationship. Through that, comes wisdom. And, the, and James is telling us, you need to have this in the sauce. You have to have the wisdom that comes from above. And then he says, and this is, this is what it should taste like. Th these are the elements. It should be pure and peaceable. Pure and peaceable. How do you know it's wise? What's the taste test? It's pure and peaceable. In other words, it looks a lot like Jesus. Jesus is the personification of wisdom, and he was pure and he was peaceable. And so James is telling us when you have wisdom, you need to make sure first and foremost that it comes from God. And if it comes from God, it's going to be pure because God's wisdom is unspoiled by human interference. I, I, I think it's so interesting that the writer of Proverbs even says, get honey, but get honey from the honeycomb. 
Get honey. He's saying go right to the source. Go right to the farm. Get right up close. Why? Because when people, if people are your source, people will spoil it. They'll taint it with their own tendencies. It's not right from the source, from heaven to your spirit, confirmed by, by wise leaders. If, if you go to just people, or even if you go to yourself, or you go to other situations, it gets tainted through the process. It could still be honey, but that honey goes through machines. And when it goes through the machine, it gets a little oil in it. And then, and then it's getting touched by human hands. And then a fly comes in and gets in the drink. And they say, here's, here's fresh supply of wisdom. Yeah, but... It was tainted through everything it went through. You gotta be careful when, when your source isn't, isn't Christ. The wisdom you might receive has to go through people's process and it, and it goes through their own ambition and their own bitterness and it, and it goes through their own hurts and, and now they're trying to give you something that will help you but it serves themselves too and, and it, it just gets tainted in the process. So James tells us right off the bat, wisdom that comes from God, it's pure because it comes from God. It's trustworthy because it comes from God. You know, I think about, I think about like a mother speaking to a daughter about life on the phone. The daughter is, you know, having to make some decisions and, and maybe she's got a boyfriend or she's looking for an apartment or just joining college and trying to, trying to make, some, make some decisions. And the mother is on the other end, on the other end she's giving wisdom. She's saying, well, you know, have you thought about this? Have you considered that? Or what about this? And, and maybe, maybe you shouldn't do that. And, and that's a good thing, but what could happen if it's human is that what will leak through that phone is also, it's good advice, but it's also the mother's hurts and the mother's past and, 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 and the mother's maybe even self-serving desires. She doesn't want that daughter to live. She wants you to not choose that college. Stay home. <laughs> it's a beautiful story. But you can't help it. When it's human to human, it gets tainted because it's coming it's coming from, from tainted people. And it gets mixed up with all this stuff. But James says you need to get wisdom from God. And you'll know it's wise because it's pure. It's pure. Godly wisdom helps you avoid cyclical mistakes. It purifies your thinking. It purifies your decision making. I hope you do better than your parents. I hope you do. Because you can take the good things from them and receive the rest from the Holy Spirit. You can even take what wisdom, God, but is this pure? God will help you. You can do better. That will honor them. It will honor God. Godly wisdom helps you avoid cyclical mistakes because it's not tainted by everyone's opinion. Pure heavenly wisdom, James goes on and he tells us on top of that, it's peaceable. There's a peace, peaceful nature to wise people, peaceful nature to wise decisions, not agitated, not frustrated, not prideful, vengeful, full of self, walking in the room, all eyes on me. That's not wisdom. That's insecurity. That's pride. That's flesh. But it's not wisdom. Wisdom has a peaceful nature. Maybe some of you are even thinking of some some people in your life that you've met that have that peaceable nature on them. I want you to know, they get that on them from wisdom. There's just a stability when you're around them. 
You might be going through some difficulty, but you bring it to them and they're able to find the silver lining in it. They're able to see God's active hand in it. Why? Because they've, they've operated in this peaceable nature. You might go through some very difficult things, but hear me, you can even go through them peaceably. Because God's, God will give you wisdom that will lead you through these things with that nature on you. Not frustrated, not about to blow up, not under confusion, but that you would get this peaceable nature on you, and I'm going to prophesy here, and on your home as well. I pray there is a peaceable nature on your home as well, that you want to come home, that you feel good about being home, that this gets even into the process of how you operate, that you're not always looking for conflict, looking to win the argument, looking to come out on top, looking to be right, looking to banish the others, looking to win. Jesus says, ah, that's not blessed. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. In fact, they're going to be like their father, be children of God. The nature of God is peaceable. I pray it's on your nature as well. That you make decisions that increase your peace and decrease your flesh. I would propose to you that, that maybe you could even be right in certain, certain situations. Maybe you could be right, but having a peaceable nature would be to make room. You know? I don't want to be right technically and wrong spiritually. Because that's Pharisees. No, no, I, I want to make peace. I want to find resolution. I want there to be unity in my home. I want there to be unity in this church. I want there to be unity between you and your children. You wouldn't have to go to war with your children. I think about Herod. You know, Herod was so evil and so consumed that he killed most of his sons. He was so small and so threatened that he killed his own sons so that he could maintain power. That's the opposite of what Jesus does. Jesus says, I'll allow myself to die so that you can become my sons and my daughters. That's a good king. Look at this verse, how Paul puts it. Been thinking about this verse a lot in the context of the world we live in. He says, if it's possible, so far as it depends on you, Live peaceably with all. I love this. I even love the caveats he puts in there. Because we live in a chaotic world. And some things are out of our control. And maybe you were born into a family where anger is, is the going rate. That's just how it works. Or maybe even now it seems like we're entering times where the world is going into troubled waters. You're not able to control maybe all of that. But Paul says, but let's talk about you. If possible. It's not always possible. Sometimes there's going to be conflict. Sometimes there's going to be disagreement. But if it's possible, so far as it depends on you, I feel like Paul's like trying to not lose us. Stick with me. Stick with me here. You with me? If possible. I know it's tough. So, part, so far as it depends on you. Yeah, but, but Paul, have you met my mother-in-law? If it's possible. So far as it depends on you. Live peaceably. With all people. This was a man that was stoned by those people he's talking about. Chased out of cities. Shipwrecked. Mocked. But he's saying, you can be how you're going to be to me. But I get to choose the nature that's going to be on my life. I choose wisdom that produces peace. You need to tell yourself, no, I've got a part to play. 
I've got a part to play. I've, 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 got, I've got some decisions to make. I've got a part to play in the peace of peacefulness in my life. And James goes on, and I'm going to close now. He says, you've got to get wisdom, the ingredients. It's got to be from above. It's got to be pure and then peaceable. And lastly, he says, and it's got to be gentle. Wisdom's gentle. Why? Because this is the proper exercise of your knowledge. Wisdom's got to be gentle because you're dealing with truth. And truth can hurt. Truth cuts. Truth goes deeply. And a fool will use that as a shield. I'm just telling you the truth, man. Oh, you can't handle it? Oh, you can't handle the truth? I'm just telling you the truth. Hey, you deal with it. You deal with it. I'm just telling you the truth. Hey, I'm just being real. I'm just being me. I'm just telling you the truth. Yeah, but you know what? It's not gentle. It's not kind. It's not compassion. It's not empathetic. Jesus was the walking, talking personification of truth on earth. He was gentle. He was empathetic. He was kind. He knew everything. He was there when it all began. And yet he didn't come out pompous and angry, prideful and arrogant, mocking, belittling, and fighting. Jesus was gentle. He had the proper exercise of his knowledge. He brought truth and even allowed it to cut, but he used, you know, truth is a sword. He used it more like a surgeon than using it to cut off everybody's heads. He used it always for our betterment, for our healing. He came in like a good doctor. I'm going to tell you the truth because my goal is to set you free. Not to kill you, humiliate you, mock you, leave you lying there. No, I'm, I'm coming to set you free. This is very important in your relationships. This principle. And I've learned this one principle over these years. My wife and I celebrated 10 years of marriage this weekend. Sorry, anniversary. So we're officially on our second Hollywood marriage together, and we're going to make it through. 10 years, I've learned this one thing. I don't know everything, but this, are you ready for it? This one thing. It's not just how, it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. Is it true? Is it true or is it true? I hope you have, I hope you have wisdom in your life, you know? You know, my wife and I did something kind of interesting celebrating our, our, uh, our anniversary. It wasn't like an over-the-top dinner, anything ostentatious or anything like that. Um, we know that the world has a lot of opinions, and a lot of them are foolish. So we're trying to teach our kids now what's right. So my wife put on her wedding dress, and I put on my tux. She fit, I didn't. And, <laughs> you know, and uh, we brought our kids together, and we put, you know, put their little suits on them, and we redid our vows in our home. Because we're teaching our kids, this is what marriage is. And this is what it looks like. And you're a part of it. Wisdom is gentle. The goal is not to win an argument with your spouse. The goal is healing, not hurt. The, whole, the goal is unity, not to be right. Wisdom, please hear me, is intentional in its approach. And I want to say this one last thing. The Holy Spirit will help you with this. Ask him. 
Ask him. Ask him. Holy Spirit, what's the right timing? This is going to help you. You might want to write this down. What's the right timing? What's the right phrasing? And what's the right motivation to say this thing? I'm going to say it again. What's the right timing? What's the right phrasing? And what's the right motivation to say this thing? Because I want that me and my spouse or me in this relationship, I want it to get better, to be healed. I want there to be growth. So there has to be truth, but let it have a gentle spirit about it. Remember how many times the Holy Spirit's been gentle with you. He hasn't mocked you, hasn't left you out to dry, hasn't condemned you, hasn't made fun of you. Be that way with others. Amen? James tells us wisdom is pure, it's peaceable, and it's gentle. Next week, I'm going to get into all of the different other aspects of what wisdom is. But hear me, I believe it's the missing ingredient in so many of our lives. It's the missing ingredient in many of our thoughts, our words, our actions. And if we could get just a dab of wisdom, if we could get that infused in our life, I believe it would change everything. So my challenge to you is to pray and ask God for wisdom. Ask for it on the macro and on the micro. Ask in general, God, give me wisdom. Solomon asked, God gave it. God gave wisdom to his people, gave wisdom to Abraham, David, Paul. He'll give it to you. But then also ask for wisdom in the micro. All throughout the day, pause, give a moment to God, and say, now would this thing be pure, peaceable, and gentle? I'm going to use this to see if it's from above. And when God drops these things into your spirit, go with that. And I believe wisdom literally will begin to radically change your life. I think sometimes we look for the massive explosion. If I win the lottery, if I make it happen, if I get a new idea, then my life will be changed. Maybe, maybe, maybe even for the, for the worse. I don't know. But I do know this. If you get wisdom, it will change everything. Always for the better. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.